everybody. Welcome to Augmenters. I'm Julie. And this is Jimmy. Hello. We are two business founders who started out as solopreneurs, yet found our greatest success when working with others. Mentoring is key to incredible relationships, and the Augmenters platform will help you get further faster because great relationships lead to better business and more fulfilling lives. You are here because you want to help others shine and see the light in themselves. We will support you in your mentoring journey with advice, tools, and stories that will augment your relationships to the next level. So strap on your ear pods, prepare to listen generously, and become an augmenter with us. Jimmy, I forgot my headphones again. No worries. Just turn up the volume into this next Augmenters episode. Jimmy. Morning. How you doing? Back at it on the weekend, having a great time. Are you excited for a double dose of Julie M's? That's kind of a lot of Julie's. It's a, a lot of Julie's. I think we are getting close to a triple J threat here with Julie, Julie, and Jimmy. I feel like I don't meet that many Julie's these days, so I was pretty excited to meet another Julie, another Julie M. I thought this was a really cool episode in that I met this Julie M. She hosted a phenomenal podcast kickoff for folks on Chief who are thinking about how to do podcasting. And and she was really helpful, really supportive. I found that she was able to kind of help, I don't know, help myself and others really think about what value do we want to be bringing out into the world? What do we want to be sharing about ourselves? Like, what is the value of bringing out a podcast? And I had the chance to share a bit about Augmenters and what we were doing. And she was really supportive. So I was happy to have her on the podcast sharing a little bit more about what she knows. It was wonderful to hear Julie Morris's transition, growth, evolution through the pandemic, kind of like what Augmenters was doing, and that before the pandemic, Julie Morris hated the tough questions. But now she seeks them out and wants to be a voice and be heard and represent herself and her family and her company. And she got cooking on Clubhouse. Did you ever do Clubhouse? No, I never joined the club nor the house. But I like the idea of it. And I wish I had owned stock and they had sold the business when the time was right. It definitely was a moment. I feel like all those companies that were like the pandemic moments, I think, unfortunately, everybody just relates it. I definitely remember being like locked in my bedroom, listening to Clubhouse of all the different things that were on it. It was really cool. And I love that that's kind of helped Julie sort of find her voice and find her love of communicating through audio. I am sure she will be excited to hear about the Augmenter's big news of joining the HubSpot Podcast Network as she was kind of coaching along with Augmenters. So I am excited to share this episode. What do you think? Should we just jump in? Yes, Julie, let's dive in. And I'm pumped for everybody to hear about what Julie Morris thinks about being a mentor in 2050. Because whenever somebody is talking about being a greater lever arm or a magnifier, the engineer in me gets pretty excited. <laughs> Here we go. Welcome, Julie. Welcome to Augmenters. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. It's so exciting to have another Julie. <laughs> um, they, we're few and far between, but um, yes, lovely to be in your presence. <laughs> Do you get uh, Julia, Juliet, Juliana? Do people not want to just call you Julie? You know, there's never enough variations of Julie that um, there's there's always room for more. So do you have a favorite? Is there a nickname that... I have to say, most of the people who I'm closest to in my life always call me Jules. There are some exceptions, mm, but uh, I almost always, when we transition from a Julie to a Jules, I know this is, you know, this, we are this, here. We're we here. Are family. It's my crew. It's my crew. <laughs> Jewel Barino. <Absolutely. laughs> 
Jewel Tilda. I and then I have a friend who calls it Jules, and he writes J and about five O's. L E S. It's a very seventies name, but what can we say? It Here really is. Here we are. Yes. So Julie, I am very excited to have you uh, get the chance to meet Jimmy and to be on our podcast because I feel this is a bit of a meta conversation. I met you because you are a podcasting guru in my mind. Can't wait to hear all about. And we kind of need podcasting mentors. We've done this oh. a lot on our own. We've heard a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was really excited to have you on just to hear more about you. And Absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny. Podcasting, you know, the vehicle is podcasting. But really what it is is storytelling and it's learning how to have an effective conversation. It's learning how to extract all that genius out of a person and turn it into a fantastic, insightful conversation in a very short amount of time. Pull out this, you know, from their background, their expertise, their lived experience, the thematic elements that we want to do and learning how to press at just the right moments. My husband, David, is our media producer in-house, quite lovely. And he tells me very often that, Julie, don't forget to be Barbara Walters, okay? Which means ask a tough question and then sit there and then stare at your guest and wait and things of that nature. And I, that is not, that was not me, definitely, at the beginning. I mean, I was the nod and smile and people pleaser all day long. And what podcasting has definitely done for me is help me get to the point where I know how to ask a question. Look into their soul. It's kind of like what I tell uh, kids who I coach in basketball. There's a great quote from a football player that goes, when you hit somebody, you got to take their soul. So when you ask a tough podcast question. I love that. That's a great quote. So we have a tough question for you. Please. (laughs) Not yet. We'll save the tough question. But yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. We'd love to hear a little bit more about your background. Not a tough question. Total softball. Absolutely. Well, it's funny because even answering this easy question a few years ago, it would have been a tough question. And here's why. Before the pandemic, I was absolutely, utterly terrified of public speaking. Hated it. Just because I had been so bad at it for so long and felt ineffective and felt like it was really holding me back. So there was an app. And of course, you know, raise your hand if you've heard of it. Have you heard of Clubhouse? Yeah. The pandemic. The pandemic. The pandemic. <laughs> yes. Indeed, a far cry from what it is today, I believe, sadly. But you had to learn how to speak well, confidently, quickly. You had to be interesting. You had to be insightful in a very, again, a very short amount of time. Otherwise, you would watch real time as people left the room. And that, <laughs> that's that, so true. That's like the drill camp of public speaking. And fortunately, you could do it by yourself in your house in but in real time with people from all over the US the world learn how to public speak and so now it is an easier question if you say tell us about yourself I can do that now but public speaking and being able to do that effectively is important enough to suffer through to not miss all the chances and opportunities that can come your way when you decide that what you have to say is worth it and so what I've been working on is the things that I do care about but I also had to realize too that I had been very comfortable as what I would describe as the woman behind the man or the woman behind the woman. That was the role that I had chosen for myself a long time ago because I was very good at it. So I've done it for, you know, people in government, education, philanthropy, you name it at very high levels. And I loved that, except that you can't make another person carry the torch for what you care about. You just can't. No one will do it like you could do it because what we bring when we care about something is, again, our lived experience, our education, our expertise what we love, what we hate, what we 
do for fun, what we read, all of these things are this beautiful synthesis of who we are and what we bring. And so I decided that I should be seen, I should be heard, and that what I have to say is worth hearing. And I need to be much more confident, much more ready when I do have that chance to share that thing. And so that is me. And that is the work that we do here at our media studio. We help thought leaders figure out how to get their genius out of their brain and make the world a better place by sharing it. And it's the funnest ever. So that's me. I have so many questions and I want to start with what were you clubhousing about? So funny. When I first joined, I had absolutely no idea. And I would listen and I would wonder, like, what would even constitute out of all the things that I like and care about be a good conversation or what am I trying? I realized I was interested in things that I hadn't realized before that I was interested in innovation, for example. met some wonderful folks who do innovation. I love thinking about things like how do we make capitalism work for everyone? How do we appreciate and enjoy a free market, but also ensure that people aren't being left behind to such a degree that they don't really have a way to make it through? The thing about Clubhouse is that if you are a learner and an information nerd like me, there's something out there, or at least there was something out there for you to dive into almost at any given moment. And so for about a year and a half, my daughters would know that I, oh, mommy's on a clubhouse again. She's got her earbuds in and she's looking distracted. And then every once in a while I would, you know, sitting on the couch with my family watching a movie. And then I would say, yes. And, and, you know, just burst out with this, you know, real deep, insightful comments. And they would pause the show and look at me like, good gosh, can't you just give it up? Give it up. But it, it's like a conference 24 seven. I mean, it, it was fun. And I would love to hear more about this transition. How incredible that sounds like a lifetime of picturing yourself one way and yes. a moment that took you from one place to another place. So of course, one question is, was there somebody who helped you along with that? Oh. Be somebody who maybe has an M related to their name and or like, what did that? Yeah. What did that process look like? Sounds so I love the title of your podcast mm. on mentors. Like okay, that Jimmy. is fantastic. <laughs> Right. It's like high five from far, far. The first time I ever came up or came around this idea of augmenting was when I had to have a surgery and it was a, a surgery to take a patch from my colon or my intestines or something and put on my bladder. And they called it an augmentation because it needed to increase the capacity of my, my body in this really key area because I had been born with some problems, a lot of fun stuff. And that augmentation was critical to my well-being. And so I love the mentor's name that you've come up with. I believe like the best way that mentors have shown up for me is they're all around all the time. I know that there have been some incredible mentors that I've had in person that have poured into me over years in life, but quite honestly, they've been fewer and far between. I have had trouble asking for help and I have trouble receiving help. And it's a, I think we all bring with us the experiences that we had. And for some of us asking for help is tough, but peer mentorship and learning just from the day-to-day experiences that we have and the people we're surrounded with. There's a young lady on LinkedIn who messaged me and said, oh my gosh, I love that you're a thought leader. And I would, I remember sitting in a parking lot and reading it on mobile and I wrote back furiously, I'm not a thought leader. I help people become thought leaders. And then as soon as I typed that, I'm grateful I hadn't hit enter at that point yet. And I stopped and I just was like, oh, this is what would I tell someone else that what is a thought leader anyway? Yeah, sometimes people really do want to be a thought leader. They sign up for it. You know, they're in and they are pulling that title and pretty much getting a shirt made. I'm a 
but for the, the most of us, it's not what we're, it's not what it's about, right? It's just, a, it was a choice to say, okay, I think I could help people by what I know. And I know I can, I know I have insights from lived in the trenches, kind of lessons learned. I realized in that moment, like, okay, I have hidden behind this idea of being the woman behind the man for so long. I couldn't even picture myself as being a thought leader, but I think I should be. And I think that I need to own it. And I think that I need to do that for the health of my company, because that's what people expect nowadays from CEOs and from people who are the face of the company. They expect some visibility and they expect to see consistent visibility. And they do that because as the leader is, so goes the company. You know, are they a thoughtful leader? Then you're going to have a thoughtful company often that you're working with. And so I decided, okay, I will figure all this stuff out. So I'm working on a podcast and working on a book and I'm working on, you know, I'm not just doing it for other people. I'm doing it for me now. And I feel too young. I feel too inexperienced, but I also know that there's no rush. It's just a willingness to say, yeah, I I can help shorten their journey by just giving them a few little tips and tricks here and there, like everyone else has done for me in the peer mentoring that I am. Very long answer there. I love it. I'm, I'm now picturing shirts that say thought on the front and leader on the back and like, like waiting for somebody to come up to you and ask, you know, <gasps> oh, oh like, how, wh- why just thought, you know, what, when you're like, no, I'm just going to turn around. Now you get it. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Which actually brings me to uh, one of our segments that we love to throw in when uh, it's an easy transition, which is my rapid fire word association segment. Mm. So just like if I said thought, you'd immediately say leader. What would you put on the back of your shirt if I said to you mentor? Peer, peer mentor. Oh, all right. I like it. How about if I said the word mentee, what would you say? Willing. And then sponsor, how would you respond? Vital. (laughs) Vital. All right. And lastly, coach, what would you say? Everyone. <laughs> Everyone is a coach. I love it. I think we just came up with a whole apparel line of powerful words that people can put on shirts and, and feel. That's our our twenty fourth business. <laughs> I I love that. I love the large number of them because it's funny. They all begin to synthesize at some point into something very, very strong and awesome. But if you are thinking about becoming a podcaster, someone has to foot the bill. It is very, very expensive. It is very time consuming. It is wonderful. I'm not going to say everyone, but for someone who is trying to, again, make the world a better place, build a brand... Um, share learning, share insights. It's a wonderful vehicle for that, but it will take the, I mean, the amount of energy just to sit down and create what we call podcast brief or, you know, some preparation for it and think about the conversation you want to have, the research involved all the way down through the production. Someone's got to foot the bill. It will probably be you for quite a long time or the company that you're representing, the company you're working for, and that's perfectly fine, but they are the sponsor then, right? So whether it's a a vocalized sponsorship or, you know, it's actually like, this is sponsored by Persona Media, you know, whatever that is, but someone's a sponsor and just being able to think about the financial impacts of it and the return on investment that you want to make. And so determining what will this benefit within your life and your work and trying to establish some objectives, but getting your sponsor a return on their investment is not a bad idea and a place to start from. That sounds like mentoring tip number one 
for podcasting is feel comfortable getting a sponsor. And actually we've had conversations about it. Yeah. I don't think we've ever thought to get a sponsor. Have we? Well, a sponsor is a great idea. What do you think? What do you think, Jimmy? Should we get a sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're open to it. But, yeah. uh, and we've kind of reached out to not necessarily classical sponsors like mm -hmm. brands, but mm -hmm. we've reached out to, I'd say, cohorts that are trying mm -hmm. to bring together a group that are in the same position and try to reach some either economy of scale in production or economy of scope in content. We'll see if anybody wants to sponsor us back after our request. Absolutely. I like so I think there's, there's the sponsorships that cost them something. And then there's realizing that you also are building this platform that you can use to lift up others. So a sponsorship could look like even a nonprofit that you're going to donate that sponsorship. You know, this is sponsored by this and this nonprofit. They are the, 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 I mean, it's a interesting way to imagine using that. And then you get people used to hearing this idea that, oh, I could sponsor them. Interesting. Then that helps them come to you just as much as you're going to them. And thinking about the rapport that is built by hearing someone's voice in their earbuds. I mean, it's intense. It is a whole lot of value. And that person will start to feel like they know you. They are, you know, they could show up at your doorstep tomorrow and know 500 things about you. And you're practically a movie star to them because you've been hearing their voice on media. So, I mean, you gotta love all the potential that that brings to people. And so finding good fit, I mean, even if you had a hundred listeners or a hundred downloads, that's still for the right audience to the right brands, a ton of value because that will be, that's just a whole lot of love. So you don't even need a ton to get sponsorships. You know, don't wait till you have thousands of downloads to start thinking about that. Because again, you want to make this sustainable. We would want, not want to lose augmentors because a capacity became an issue. So some of it, we seek those sponsorships because we don't want this to stop. I'm thinking we could find a trench coat company and then all the lurkers that are like trying to find us because <laughs> we're in their ear, you know, we, it would like, you know, it would Love be it. very symbiotic. Love it. <laughs> I had not thought of that. <laughs> all the all the stalkers that we have. The that thing. is a great tip. You know, I think at the end of the day, we've just been doing this for fun for ourselves, for getting of great course. conversations and but the traction that we're getting of people really appreciating this conversation and reframing the concept of this relationship in their life and providing more context for it. And to be honest, Julie, we do have a lot of mostly gals, although we've had guests, both men and women, who have mm -hmm. stated that they don't necessarily have mentors or look to mentors because they feel like it's really hard for them to ask for help. So I think if we can help people feel more confident with the language on how to ask for help and showcase how it's been done, we're hoping that the next generation can have a better sense of how to ask for help. So that's, that's absolutely, that. I love that. I think it's such a generational thing, honestly. I think now, I mean, my kids would not hesitate because that is how I brought them up. They're 10, 9 and 11. And they know that if you want a drink, you know, something from Starbucks and it's a water, you're going to march right into the Starbucks and walk right up to the counter and you're going to ask for the thing that you want. I don't know. I think like those generational swings between what is accepted versus not accepted. And now I think asking for help is going to be far more accepted. And this idea of, you know, going back to how do I find a mentor? This is a really interesting one. And I heard some really great advice from another one of my mentors that they don't know that they're my mentor, but it, it learned it in a podcast. I think it was from Barb 
Corcoran, the Shark Tank lady. Oh, yes. 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 Is that name right? Barb Corcoran. Barbara Corcoran. I hope so. Absolutely. Wonderful. Real estate OG. Yes. 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 So she said on her podcast at one point, you know, I get people coming to me, asking to me to mentor them all the time, all the time. And I can't do it. I'm one of me. Like this isn't workable to meet with everyone. So here's what happened one time. Someone said, hey, Barbara, I noticed that the graphics you're putting out on Facebook are terrible and I wanted to make some new ones for you. Here you go. And she said, it was so interesting because they did something for me first. Like they, they added value to my life without any expectation. And that was really awesome. And she said, you know, I felt like I wanted to reciprocate after that. Part of me is just in my own opinion here, part of me thinks that putting yourself in a relationship for mentorship where it's like quid pro quo, that's not exactly the goal here, right? But every once in a while to catch someone's eye, if it is someone that you know has a whole lot of zero time to give and they have a whole lot on their plate, maybe getting their attention in some unique fun way might be a way to get that relationship going. It's wonderful. And to avoid the Latin and to more really genuinely want to help somebody, I bet the individual who made those graphics was just tickled to be able to say, hey, I helped somebody I really care about, Barbara Corcoran. Yes. Why, why wouldn't I do this anyway? Just because it means a lot to me. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Without any expectation on the back end, that's like the best kind of true giving, you could say. Yes. I love that. I love that. And Julie, something that you brought, we talk a lot about different kinds of mentoring, right? Between, you know, sort of traditional one-on-one mentoring and older, you mm-hmm. know, more seasoned, more seasoned, we call them seasoned, not old around here, professional and a younger professional. And then there's yes. kind of reverse mentoring, but you talk quite a bit about peer mentoring as being- I do sounds like an area that's really important to you. How does peer mentoring show up in your life? So I do talk a lot about that, but then also there's this other type I think that might play even more strongly in what I do. I do blame peer mentoring for my lack of wanting to actually pursue more stringent mentorships, perhaps because I have a fear of rejection. I don't know. There's always stuff <laughs> Welcome to unpack, the club. Welcome but, to the club. Um, yes, right? I think it's all of us. It's so interesting. There's, I call it servant scale. And I think of, you know, Barbara, one of the things that she had also pointed out in her podcast is is the reason she doesn't do a lot of one-on-one mentoring. She says, I wrote a book. I created a podcast and I'm putting the best stuff I have there. So that's how I mentor people. Like, yes, Barbara, you're carrying, you know, here's you carrying the torch for this idea that there's so much mentorship out there. So what separates all the mentorship we get through podcasts, books? I mean, there's so much content we can consume from really great genius people and that I contributed to. I make a lot of that for other people, right? All the writing, all the stuff that you can read and listen to. So why go to anything different if it's all out there? I think it could certainly fall under that peer mentorship idea that if we take the time to just listen for feedback. I had a conversation right before this one where someone said something nice just really nice and really welcoming and fabulous. And it was good feedback, but I had to sit there and be in this place of just being willing to listen to the good, the bad, the ugly, and to everything in between. And that that kind of posture, as it were, of learning from each other, that there's always something to learn. I have two kids, wonderful girls. And if I would be willing to listen, boy, there's some mentorship that can occur even there, <laughs> right? The lessons are all, all around you. And if you just kind of take the minute to listen. Well, I have daughters that are 20 and 17 and I get so no just, way. just wait because <laughs> you get... I have, Jimmy always hears me talk about the fashion advice and beauty advice that I get 
that they're not pleased with the, the haircut and the clothes and they, you know they're always trying to give me clothes they're like I don't know mom you're not very oh like, I love that so yes I look to my daughters as my fashion mentors although when they leave the house they're we're all about the same size I steal all their clothes and I'm like okay fine I'll wear it but oh, I love that uh, yeah I mean, no. my, my daughter's only six months old and she takes off my glasses and throws yeah. them every day so <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the same advice already yeah oh that is priceless <laughs> but it's so true you do find it in all those places and and family is by far the most honest with you probably that any other group of people are going to be and your own children are the mm-hmm. ones that are absolutely the most honest with you and we were actually we had a guest last week who was talking about sort of being authentic with themselves as a parent this this guy was talking about his kids are really into sports and they want him to be sort of sports dad and coach dad and he's like I'm just mm-hmm. not like I'm I'm not a business dad like I'm the dad that sits with the newspaper and the podcast on the sidelines but when you're older you're going to appreciate business dad versus sports dad because I'm going to be able to help you when you go to get jobs. So how do you find kind of that balance of like, this is advice and this is what I can integrate versus, you know, no, I'm good. You know, I don't need, even with the feedback session, maybe there are things that you can kind of evaluate, like this is factual and integratable, but this isn't. So having some really strong filters, of course, but when I think about how there will always be things that you can kind of dump into this box of, that's interesting. I'm going to think about that. It comes down to having the space to really do that thinking in the quiet for yourself. If you don't ever get quiet where you can go take a walk alone without anything happening around you, if you don't know who you are and what makes you you and what are the things that are so core and critical to who you are, then anything can go through. And that was absolutely one of my challenges when I was younger, kid, high school. I had no filter of value for myself. And so that made it very difficult. And anything anyone threw at me was sure, sure, sure. Great. Yes. There was no, Hey, I am worth way more than that, you know, from whatever the thing was. And so it really did affect me. And now someone could say something awful, tough, or, you know, just maybe really off base. And I would be able to now in my ripe old age of 43, at least know that I I know enough of who I am to go, okay, that's great. There's some stronger guardrails around what I bring to the table. And so if you don't know what you bring to the table, then you will have trouble knowing what advice to receive and what not to. Amen to that. So speaking about advice to receive, (laughs) and I'm really curious, you know, you've (laughs) been in audio a long time. You talked about Clubhouse (laughs) and your interest there. Another time we'll have to talk about whether you think Clubhouse is still worth $4 billion and why they didn't sell. But in 2050, what do you think audio communication is going to look like? You know, because Clubhouse was supposed, you know, it was supposed to have been radio for like 100 years. And then it was going to be podcasting for like 10 years, Mm -hmm. like Clubhouse and Clubhouse was even less than a year. So if we're going logarithmically, worked out about right. Like, how do you think we'll be communicating via audio in 2050? If I even knew what six months from now would look like, I mean, right? It's, I'm not going to say it's impossible to know, but one could only dream. But what I do know is this, going back to what happened when YouTube was created. And I remember at first going, YouTube? What the? That means no sense. Why would anyone ever want to watch someone else do something? Right? Like all the things that, I mean, do you remember like what you thought back when YouTube started and just nothing? Well, I'm sorry. I'm the oldest person on this call, but I was like, is this my space? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, right. I, I, I was like, sweet. These are all these like pickup basketball game videos that I can't find anywhere else. I don't have to have a VHS tape anymore. I'm like, 
this is the hotness right here. Yeah. And so you think about what that's done for media. Everything is democratized now. And that just, you know, in that meaning, like everything means everything is accessible. That's what I know to be true today. And I do know that it's just going to continue. It's an incredible time to be alive. And so when I think 2050, I just hope by then I finally have a car that will drive me effectively always. So, so you kind of built into my next question, which is mm -hmm. if you could change one thing around mentoring. So you're talking about like, we're looking in the future, but like right now, if you could put on some sparkly red shoes, you know, get hidden in your like wizard hat, pull it over your ears, you know, snap your fingers. What would you want to see happen like tomorrow around mentoring? So this idea that we need at the right minute, the right advice from the right person, but also we need mentoring to look more like sponsorship. We need it to not look like just your big ideas. Because I, I know I have a million big ideas for you, but to be more We have a million big ideas for you. <laughs> You're on the right podcast. It's so funny. Like, what would we do without... I think the, the world is built by people who have the middle name of, like, someone should do something about that. <laughs> so we are definitely co-builders there. But, like, this idea that don't just be a mentor, be a connector, be a collaborator, have a little bit more skin in the game, have a little bit more of a focus on how can I help that person with just a small lift on my part be a huge help to their journey. What introduction can I make? I have a client who does a lot in incredible work in philanthropy and she's, she calls it like, bring your whole self, right? If you're going to donate, don't just donate, bring your network, bring your ideas and go do someone a favor and make an introduction, make a phone call, do that and, and really move them in. Don't just give them the ideas alone. I love that. That's the humility that comes from having, being able to say, I don't know, I'm willing to show up. I'm willing to be imperfect myself. I'm willing to ask questions. And that's how we all learn. If everybody shows no, up no. as got it all together, then nobody has anything new to learn, which is pretty sad. I think we're almost wrapping up our time. Julie, I have one last question for you and Jimmy might have another one, but if is there like one resource that you really love that you always share with people? Maybe it's just about thought leadership. Maybe it's about confidence. Maybe it's about, could be something spiritual. I'm not sure, but is there anything that you, yeah. you know, often refer people to? So you will, you will want an audience one day. I don't care if you are just going to build widgets quietly behind the scenes. There will always be need of an audience and people following you. And I can think of nowhere better to do it than LinkedIn. Whether you're, you know, going to graduate college soon or you're even close to retirement, telling the world about you will end up being the most profitable thing that you can do to build everything else that you want. So let's say one day you decide to write a book. You have a lot of wonderful folks who love writing. But no one else knows that until they've written this book. And then by then it's kind of too late. An audience and, you know, building influence is something, it's a tree you would have wished you had planted 20 years ago. There is never going to be a way to make up for that down the road in the way that slow, tiny deposits, just like interest, just like compounding interest, you got to make slow deposits, start, but consistently for a number of years. And then everything you want gets a lot easier. It's keeping those, uh, keeping, just keeping dropping in the bucket every yes. day, week, month, whatever it is, just keeping those drops in the bucket so that when you ever need it, Absolutely. the bucket's full. I'm trying to think of a good the analogy. The bucket's full. I'm ready. I'm Yes, Julie. <laughs> I'm not sure where to go with that, but I'm just going to keep being, you know, the leaky bucket for Julie. You know, she's going to just keep dropping things in. I'm going to catch them, you know, and until we got enough to build something. Oh my gosh. Love it. 
that's how we've gotten here. That was awesome. You all, you just fulfilled my last segment, which is let's get crazy. Julie, thank you so so much for your time today. We need to thank Julie Morris for mentoring a podcast about mentoring. Hashtag augmenter. Meta mentoring. I feel like it was a meta mentoring moment. Without Facebook involved. Not yet. Although I do understand that I've heard that our VR mentoring will be coming soon, but not quite yet. It was totally meta mentoring and very inspirational. And I loved how Julie inspires people to use their voice to share what they know. So I feel like I got a lot out of this. I'm excited to keep up with Julie's journey and I'm excited to share our journey as a meta mentoring mentor. And it was a good time. Fantastic. Thank you, Julie. All the alliterations. Remember, don't just be a mentor, be a collaborator, be a connector. We hope this episode was brief yet bright, and now it's time to read us out. And remember, we are here because real relationships have the power to transform organizations and build dynamic communities. Go ahead, Jimmy. Absolutely. Augmenters supports mentoring that matters. Visit our website for the best interactive mentoring content at augmenters.us. Share our podcast with someone you care about, someone who needs a new mentoring relationship in their life pronto. We welcome questions and suggestions via email, hi at augmenters.us, or via social media with our handle at augmentershq. Shout out to our producers, Erlen Cato. Thank you. Augmenters out. See ya. See ya.